Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace and we ask that you please bless this meeting, this joining together. Father, please guide us into the truth always. Let your truth reign supreme in all of this, Father. Because that's what we desire is the truth that comes from you, not from a man, not from a group of men, but from you, Father. We're thankful that you sent your son as a ransom to take that yoke of bondage of sin off of us, Father, and to draw us near towards you. We're thankful for this. Please continue to enlarge the borders of our hearts, Father, that we can learn all the commands and walk in them diligently. And we thank you for this. Please continue to fill us every day with your Holy Spirit and guide us on this path, Father. Father, we pray for all those who are dealing with the cold, I know there's a lot of people out there that are dealing with pipes being busted and stuff like that, Father. Please help all of them to get the aid and the repairs that they need, Father, and let your glory show through all these things. Father, we're so thankful for your Sabbaths. We're thankful for all of your appointed times, Father. And we're thankful that you had called us to you. Father, we love you, and we ask all these things in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to start in Exodus 1. <clears throat> it says, And these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Mitzrayim with Jacob, each one with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And all those who were descendants of Jacob were twenty or were seventy beings, as Joseph was already in Mitzrayim. And Joseph died, and all his brothers and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased very much, multiplied and became very strong, and the land was filled with them. Then a new sovereign arose over Mitzrayim, who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, See the people of the children of Israel are more and stronger than we. Come, let us act wisely towards them, lest they increase, and it shall be when fighting befalls us, that they shall join our enemies and fight against us, and shall go up out of the land. So they set slave masters over them to afflict them with their burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they increased and grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. And the Mitzrites made the children of Israel serve with harshness, and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar and in brick, and in all kinds of work in the field. All their work which they made them do was with harshness. Then the sovereign of Mitzrayim spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was Shifra, and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, When you deliver the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stools. If it is a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared Elohim, and did not do as the sovereign of Mitzrayim commanded them, and kept the male children alive. So the sovereign of Mitzrayim called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this, and kept the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Mitzrayim women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. So Elohim was good to the midwives, and the people increased and became very numerous. 
And it came to be, because the midwives feared Elohim, that he provided households for them. And Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Throw every son who is born into the river and keep every or keep alive every daughter. That's the end of the first chapter. Shifra and Pua, brave women, very brave women, God-fearing women. I would talk, Dustin, but my kids are going crazy at a second. You're good. I'm going to continue on. All right, chapter two. <clears throat> and a man of the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son. And she saw that he was a lovely child, and she hid him three months. And when she could not hide, him no longer. She took an ark of wicker for him and coated it with tar and pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the edge of the river. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her young women were walking by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her female servant to get it and opened it and saw the child and see the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the children of the Hebrews. And his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the young woman went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me. Then I shall pay your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. She called his name Moshe, saying, Because I have drawn him out of the water. And in those days it came to be, when Moshe was grown, that he went out to his brothers and looked, and looked at their burdens. And he saw a Mitzrite striking a Hebrew, one of his brothers. So he turned his way, or this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he struck the Mitzrite and hid him in the sand. And he went out the second day and saw two Hebrew men fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why do you strike your neighbor? And he said, Who made you a head and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Mitzrite? And Moshe feared and said, Truly the matter is known. And Pharaoh heard of this matter, and he sought to kill Moshe. But Moshe fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. And the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water. And they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. But the shepherds came and drove them away. Then Moshe stood up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. And they came to Reuel, their father, and he said, How is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, A Mitzrite rescued us from the hand of the shepherds. And he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. And he said to his daughters, And where is he? Why did you leave the man? Call him and let him eat bread. 
And Moshe agreed to dwell with the man, and he gave Sipporah his daughter to Moshe, and she bore him a son, and he called his name Gerashom, for he said, I have become a sojourner in a foreign land. And it came to be after these many days that the sovereign of Mitzrayim died, and the children of Israel groaned because of the slavery, and they cried out, and their cry came up to Elohim because of the slavery. And Elohim heard their groaning, and Elohim remembered his covenant with Abraham, and with Yitzhak, and with Yehob. And Elohim looked on the children of Israel, and Elohim knew. If we have time later, there's a lot of, uh, this book right here explains a lot of the culture going on in here. It's pretty interesting stuff in here. I just find it fascinating that <laughs> Moses got to be reunited with his mother for the first few years of his life. <laughs> That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yep. Crazy how the father, um, well, you know, he, Moses gets sent off for safety, gets protected by, you know, literally, basically the enemy, and comes out and prevails against the enemy. Crazy how things work. Absolutely. The next passage is everyone's favorite passage. Most <laughs> controversial passage. Yeah. The great I am. We can uh we can jump right into it if you want. <laughs> All right, chapter three. And Moshe was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of Elohim. And the messenger of Yahuwah appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked and saw the bush burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moshe said, let me turn aside now and see this great sight while the bush does not burn. And Yahuwah saw that he had turned aside to see, and Elohim called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moshe, Moshe. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not come near here. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is set apart ground. And he said, I am the Elohim of your father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Yitzhak, and the Elohim of Yehob. And Moshe hid his face, for he was afraid to look at Elohim. And Yahuwah said, I have indeed seen the oppression of my people who are in Mitzrayim. 
and have heard their cry because of their slave drivers, for I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them from the hand of the Mitzrites, and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now see the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Mitzrites oppressed them. And now, come, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Mitzrayim. And Moshe said to Elohim, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Mitzrayim? And he said, Because I am with you. And this is to, this is to you the sign that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Mitzrayim, you are to serve Elohim on this mountain. And Moshe said to Elohim, See, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The Elohim of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And Elohim said to Moshe, I am that which I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And Elohim said further to Moshe, Thus you are say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, or some people say Yahweh, <laughs> Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Yitzhak, and the Elohim of Yehob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my remembrance to all generations. Go, and you shall gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, Yahuwah, Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, of Yitzhak, and of Yehob, appeared to me, saying, I have indeed visited you and seen what is done to you in Mitzrayim. And I say, I am bringing you up out of the affliction of Mitzrayim to the land of the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Amorite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, to a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall listen to your voice, and you shall come, you and the elders of, of Yisrael, to the sovereign of Mitzrayim. And you shall say to him, Yahuwah Elohim of the Hebrews has met with us, and now please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness to slaughter to Yahuwah our Elohim. But I know that the sovereign of Mitzrayim is not going to let you go, not even by a strong hand. I shall stretch out my hand and strike Mitzrayim with all my wonders, which I shall do in its midst. And after that, he shall let you go. And I shall give this people favor in the eyes of the Mitzrites. And it shall be that when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask from her neighbor and from her who sojourns in her house objects of silver, objects of gold, and garments. And you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, and shall plunder the Mitzrites. Definitely, we took Moses having faith. Because first of all, he's like, "Who am I to go in front of Moshe or uh, the Pharaoh?" 
And he goes on to say, not only are you going to go in front of him, but I know that he's not going to let you go. So I'm going to send these plagues on him. And then not only are they going to let you go, but you're also going to be leaving with <laughs> all this plunder. I wonder if the flock that he was shepherding is the flock that they were slaughtering. That's possible. I know when you get further on in there, I know they were given flocks. I think it was flocks that they were already tending to, though. So, yeah, very well could be. It makes sense because they, I mean, you don't just get like a unblemished, you know, lamb or anything overnight. This upset when they were sent out because remember when he was bargaining with them? When Pharaoh was bargaining with Moses, kept saying, uh, yeah, you can go believe your women. Yeah, you can go believe your flocks. Yeah, you know. He's like, no, <laughs> we're going to go. You're going to give us our women and children and our flocks. But that's in a future Torah portion. All right. <laughs> Chapter four. <clears throat> Moshe answered and said, If they do not believe me, nor listen to my voice, and say, Yahweh has not appeared to you. And Yahweh said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moshe fled from it. And Yahweh said to Moshe, reach out your hand and seize it by the tail. So he reached out his hand and took hold of it, and it became a rod in his hand. So that they believed that Yahweh Elohim of their fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Yitzhak, and the Elohim of Yehovah has appeared to you. And Yahweh said to him again, now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. 
when he took it out and see, his hand was leprous like snow. And he said, put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again. And he drew it out of his bosom and see, it was restored like his other flesh. And it shall be, if they do not believe you, nor listen to the voice of the first sign, they shall believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on the dry land. And the water which you take from the river shall become blood on the dry land. And Moshe said to Yahuwah, O Yahuwah, I am not a man of words, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And Yahuwah said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes dumb, or deaf, or seeing, or blind? Is it not I, Yahuwah? And now go, and I shall be with your mouth, and teach you what to say. But he said, O Yahuwah, please send by the hand of him whom you would send. And the, and the displeasure of Yahuwah burned against Moshe, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he speaks well, and see, he is also coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he shall be glad in his heart. And you shall speak to him, and put the words in his mouth, and I am with your mouth, and with his mouth, and I shall teach you what to do. And he shall speak for you, for, to the people. And it shall be that he shall be a mouth for you and you shall be an Elohim for him. And take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do the signs. Then Moshe went and returned to Jethro. I don't know why it keeps changing his name, but Jethro. <laughs> his father-in-law said to him, Please let me go and return to my brothers who are in Mitzrayim to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moshe, Go in peace. And Yahweh said to Moshe and Midian, Go, return to Mitzrayim, for all the men are dead who sought your life. So Moshe took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Mitzrayim. And Moshe took the rod of Elohim in his hand. And Yahweh said to Moshe, As you go back to Mitzrayim, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh which I have put in your hand. But I am going to strengthen his heart so that he does not let the people go. And you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus said Yahweh, Israel is my son my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go to serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, see, I am killing your son, your firstborn. And it came to be on the way in the lodging place that Yahuwah met him and sought to kill him. And Sipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and threw it at his feet and said, you are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. So he, so he let him go. Then she said, You are a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. And Yahweh said to Aaron, Go to meet Moshe in the wilderness. And he went and met him on the mountains of Elohim and kissed him. Moshe then told Aaron all the words of which Yahweh who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moshe went with Aaron and gathered together the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which Yahweh had spoken to Moshe. Then he did the signs before the eyes of the people, and the people believed. And they heard that Yahuwah had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked on their affliction, and they bowed their heads and did obeisance. I think it's kind of funny that he had to give Moses a staff, basically to show people the authority or whatever. 
that doesn't show you how cardinal mind people are that they have to see. It's like you always have to physically see something um, to actually believe it, or more cardinal for you know someone's cardinal minded. Okay. Go into the room, yes. Oh, I like my nose. Mom, I need my nose. Your nose is fine. <laughs> Your nose is fine. Uh oh. You know, another thing I, I just thought of. What's that? So the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and people knew about him, and they heard the stories about the flood prior. I'm saying Pharaoh would have been a little bit smarter, like not to mess with him. The people that power in the don't care. Yeah. I mean, you would think, but. I think a lot of time had passed in between that. and it, It's no different than what's going to happen at the end. <laughs> it says people will mock that scoff, saying... That's a kind of reminds you of today, don't it? Yeah. People it's haven't physical. seen things physically in a long time. They're like, ah, that's all bogus. Mm -hmm. You know that crap real? And the father's like, all right, let me show you again. Hold on. <laughs> Except this time it's not just going to be let me show you again. This time it's judgment. Yeah. Over here, he's like, Fair. He's like, all right, y'all don't forget. Okay, well, here comes the frogs. Here comes the plagues. Here comes everything. And Which I mean, it was judgment then. It was judgment then. This is why, <laughs> this is why it just, I don't know. It makes sense to me for a Passover return. It most definitely makes the most sense. And scripture says it. They're using Septuagint texts. Yep, Septuagint says that they will be brought back during uh, Passover. Stop hitting things! Definitely not. <clears throat> All right, I'll go to chapter five. Chapter five. And afterwards, Moshe and Aaron went in and said to Pharaoh, Thus said Yahuwah, Elohim of Israel, let my people go, so, they, so that they celebrate a festival to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is Yahuwah that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know Yahuwah, nor am I going to let Israel go. 
And they said, The Elohim of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness and slaughter to Yahor our Elohim, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the sovereign of Mitzrayim said to them, Moshe and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, See, the people of the land are many now, and you make them cease from their burdens. And the same day Pharaoh commanded the slave drivers of the people and their foremen, saying, You are no longer to give the people straw to make bricks as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves, and lay on them the required amount of bricks which they made before. Do not diminish it, for they are idle. That is why they cry out, saying, Let us go and slaughter to our Elohim. Let more work be laid upon the men, so that they labor in it, and not pay attention to the words of falsehood. And the slave drivers of the people and their foremen went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus said Pharaoh, I do not give you straw. Go take straw for yourselves wherever you find it, for your work shall not be diminished. And the people were scattered in all the land of Mitzrayim to gather stubble for straw. And the people were scattered in all the... Oh, I already read that. <laughs> and the slave drivers were hurrying them on. The slave drivers were hurrying them on, saying, Fulfill your actions, your daily matters, as when there were straw. Also the foremen of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's slave drivers had set over them, were struck and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your law in making bricks both yesterday and today as before? And the foremen of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why do you treat your servants this way? There is no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make bricks, and see your servants are struck but your own people are at fault. But he said, you are idle, you are idle. That is why you say, let us go and slaughter to Yahuwah. So now go, work, and straw is not given to you, but deliver the amount of bricks. And the foremen of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, you are not to diminish your daily amount of bricks. And when they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moshe and Aaron who stood there to meet him or them. And they said to them, Let Yahweh look on you and judge, because you have made us loathsome in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants, to give us a sword in their hand to kill us. And Moshe returned to Yahweh and said, Yahweh, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you send me? For ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. And Yahweh said to Moshe, Now see what I do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he is going to let them go. And with a strong hand, he is going to drive them out of this land. That's the end of that portion. So it kind of reminds you, like today, um, I always like think of the story of Egypt and all that. Whenever they go out in the wilderness, and I remember the people griping and complaining that it would have been better to just stay there where we had, you know, the pots of meat, and they were enslaved, right? And I think of uh, like our society today. Um, we have taskmasters, masters, pretty much, except not on the level of someone literally taking a whip and beating us. But you go to work every day and you have a boss that, you know, they text you, hey, where you at? What you doing? You know, they try to control your whole life. 
Um, but in reality, if you really, if you really want to go off into the wilderness and just live off the land, you could find a way to do that. You don't have to um, have this comfort in society that you have today. You don't have to have a home with all the electricity, the water, running water, you know, your bullets, you know, your refrigerator, your food. You don't have to have all that. You choose to that, you know. Um, but it's the same thing. Like It's like you're enslaved society just as they were. And when they were taken away from it, they were really upset about it, actually. Because they're like, we miss, you know. It was way more easier to just sit there and, you know, the food was there. The man provided. Rather than having to wait on the father, if you go in the wilderness, you have to wait on the father to provide. Who else in here? I think that's one of the main things, too. You gotta wait on the father to provide. That's one of the trials that a lot of people go through, at least at first, in regards to keeping the Sabbath. It's like one of the arguments, like, yeah, well, you know, I gotta... I have to work this day because I have to pay bills and this and that and it's like it's very true it's a it's a hard thing so if you're used to working six days a week and Saturdays when you make that big money it, it it's tough because you're like now I gotta get rid of this this money I'm making it's, it's kind of hard that's actually something we struggled so when we were starting to keep the Sabbath we were actually selling plants at like the flea market and the best day to be there was on Saturday. We could never be there on Saturday when it was the big money making day. We only could go on Sunday, which we made our, it did all right. But if we wanted to make more money, we could win on Saturday, but we were like, no, we're not going to do that because we're keeping the Sabbath. And in return, it kind of, you know, we made less we made less money. We didn't make as much as we could have. But we chose the father over money. Yeah. Okay. And then the Sabbath has been nothing but a blessing over time, you know. It's been a blessing in our life. And by us making those choices, and when I called upon the Father and asked him to truly let me keep the Sabbath, he provided a way. We actually made more money. And then, you know, I've never had to keep a Sabbath since. I mean, I've never had to go work on a Sabbath since then. You know, I've been blessed with that so far. It's one of the things that I do like about my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely like taskmasters, taskmasters over at least in this land. Yep. Just one of those things, man. <laughs>
Here, I'm going I'm to bounce around a little bit, but we'll read the Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 10, 9 through 21. <clears throat> it says, But wisdom rescued from labors those who attended to her, a righteous fugitive from his brothers were at wrath. Wisdom led in straight paths. She showed him the kingdom of God and gave him knowledge of holy things. She prospered him in his toils and multiplied his labors. When greed overpowered him, she stood by him, but she made him rich. She guarded him from his enemies and secured him from those lying in wait for him. And in his mighty struggle, she ruled in his favor, so that he might know the pi that piety is stronger than everything. Wisdom did not desert the righteous one when he was sold, but rescued him from his sin, or from sin. She descended with him into the well, and she did not abandon him in his chains, until she brought him the scepter of the kingdom, and the authority of those ruling over him, and showed those finding fault with him to be a false, or to be false, and gave him eternal glory. Wisdom rescued this holy people and blameless seed out of a nation of oppressors. She entered into the soul of the servant of the Lord, and stood against fearsome kings in wonders and signs. She paid the holy ones the reward of their labors. She led them in a wonderful road, and became for them a shelter by day, and a flame of stars by night. She carried them across the Red Sea, and led them through much water. But she flooded their enemies, and she threw them up out of the depths of the abyss. Because of this, the righteous plundered the ungodly, and they sang hymns, Lord, to your holy name. And they praised your defending, defending hand with one accord, because wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and made the tongues of infants clear. You know, this makes me think of too, though. Especially with the passages like next to it or whatever. This says wisdom from Adam to Moses and wisdom through Moses. We know that Solomon as a king would have had to write the Torah out because that's one of the stipulations of a king because that's what they judge by. But so... I see here that Solomon definitely read through this stuff and understood a lot of his wisdom from the writings. This goes back to the fact that Daniel searched out through Jeremiah to understand how long they were going to be in exile in Babylon. This is what kind of infuriates me with all the people that you know, so you don't need a Bible to know God. Okay. Go to Judges next. Judges six, eleven through twenty three. 
I actually have a bookmark here. <clears throat> and it says, And the messenger of Yahweh came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Yoash, the Abizarite? Ab Abizarite? I don't know. Why his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress to hide it from the eyes of the Midianites. And the messenger of Yahuwah appeared to him and said to him, Yahuwah is with you, you brave, mighty one, or you mighty brave one. And Gidon, not Gideon, and Gidon said to him, O my master, if Yahuwah is with us, why has all this come upon us? And where are all his wonders which our fathers related to us, saying, Did not Yahuwah bring us up from Mitzrayim? But now Yahuwah has left us and given us into the hands of Midian. And Yahweh turned to him and said, Go in this strength of yours, and you shall save Yisrael from the land from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And he said to him, O Yahuwah, with what do I save Yisrael? See, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And Yahweh said to him, Because I am with you, you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, Please, if I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who are speaking with me. Please do not move away from here until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I shall stay until you return. And Gidon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket, and he brought the, put the broth in a pot. And he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented it. And the messenger of Elohim said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. And the messenger of Yahuwah put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand. That's interesting. And touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And fire went up out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the messenger of Yahuwah went from his sight. And when Gidon, Gidon saw that he was a messenger of Yahuwah, Gidon said, O Master Yahuwah, for I have seen a messenger of Yahuwah face to face. And Yahuwah said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You do not die. Homie had a staff, bro. That's really <laughs> cool. He had a staff too. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I guess I've skipped over that. I never paid attention to that ever. I've read Judges a couple times, too. I have, too. That's, I think I was in five when I was... Yeah, because that's where I've got underlinings at. I don't remember when I was reading this, but my bookmark was here, and I didn't read that. <laughs> I skipped right over that. This goes to show you read this 50,000 times to see something new every time. Yep, that's why we keep reading over and over and over and over again. Nope. That's. I mean, there's no other book in the world that you can read over and over again and always find something new. And then, furthermore, this was to my wife the other day. There's no other book that you can read something and get an understanding, and then go back and read something again. And it changes the whole perspective of stuff. Yep.
what's called the living word, the living word. All right, what's next? I'm going to have to go back through all this tour portion and look at all the historical things it has to offer here because there's a lot. It's Bible. Yeah, I mean, I will too when I get mine. So. No, I'll just call you here afterwards and go through it. We'll stay up until <laughs> five in the morning. Oh. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um. I didn't realize I had judges on here twice. Uh, all right, we'll go through Yeshayahu. Going to chapter 27 of Isaiah. Starting in verse 6 all the way to verse or chapter 28, verse 13. If I can turn this dang page. There we go. <clears throat> All right. Those who come, he causes to take root in Jacob. Israel shall blossom and bud. And they shall fill the face of the world with fruit. Has he smitten him as he struck the ones who were striking him? Or as a killer? Was he killed as he was killing? In measure by sending her away. You contended with her. He shall take away by his rough wind in the day of the east wind. Therefore this the crookedness of Jacob is covered. And this is all the fruit of taking away his sin when he makes all the stones of the slaughter place like chalk stones that are beaten to dust, Asherim and sun pillars rise no more. For the city of defense is lonely, a home forsaken and left like a wilderness. There the calf feeds, and there it lies down, and shall consume its branches. When its twigs are dry, they are broken off. Women come and set them on fire, for it is a people of no understanding. Therefore, he who made them has no compassion on them, and he who formed them shows them no favor. And in that day it shall be that Yahweh threshes from the channel of the river to the wadi of Mitzrayim, and you shall be gathered one by one, O children of Israel. And in that day it shall be that a great shofar is blown, and those who were perishing in the land of Ashur and the outcasts in the land of Mitzrayim shall come and shall worship Yahweh on the set-apart mountain in Jerusalem. Woe to the proud crown of the drunkards of Ephraim, and to the fading flower of the splendid comeliness that is on the head of the fertile valley. To those who are overcome with wine, see, Yahweh has one who is strong and potent, 
like a downpour of hail and a destroying storm, like a flood of mighty waters overflowing, who casts down to the earth with the hand, the proud crown of the drunkards of Ephraim is trampled underfoot, and the fading flower of its splendid comeliness that is on the head of the fertile valley, like the first fruit before the summer, which, when one sees it, he eats it up while it is still in his hand. And that day Yahweh hosts is for a crown of splendor and a hedgerus for comeliness to the remnant of his people. And a spirit of right ruling to him who sits in right ruling and strength to those who turn back the battle at the gate. And these two have gone astray through wine and through strong drink wandered about. Priest and prophet have gone astray through strong drink. They are swallowed up by wine. They wander about through strong drink. They go astray in vision. They stumble in right ruling. For all tables shall be covered with vomit, no place without filth. Whom would teach him knowledge? Or whom would he teach knowledge? And whom would he make to understand the message? Those weaned from milk, those taken from the breasts. For it is command upon command, man upon command, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with a jabbering lip and a foreign tongue, he speaks to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest, give rest to the weary. And this is the refreshing, but they would not hear. But the word of Yahweh was come, or was to them, command upon command, command upon command, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, so that they go and shall stumble backward and be broken and snared and taken captive. We'll go to 29, verse 22 and 23. And it says, Therefore thus said Yahuwah, who ransomed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob is no longer put to shame, no longer does his face grow pale. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands, in his midst, they shall set apart my name, and set apart the set-apart one of Jacob, and fear the Elohim of Israel. We're going to jump over to Jubilees real quick. Chapter 46, 9 through 16. <clears throat> it says, And the king of Egypt went out to war with the king of Canaan in the 47th Jubilee. In the second week, in the second year, and the children of Israel brought out all the bones of the children of Jacob, 
save the bones of Joseph. And they buried them in the field in the double cave in the mountain. And the most of them returned to Egypt. But a few of them remained in the mountains of Hebron. And Amram, the father, remained with, or your father, remained with them. And the king of Canaan was victorious over the king of Egypt, and he closed the gates of Egypt. And he devised an evil device against the children of Israel of afflicting them. And he said unto the people of Egypt, Behold, the people of the children of Israel have increased and multiplied more than we. Come and let us deal wisely with them before they become too many, and let us afflict them with slavery before war comes upon us before they fight against us else they would they will join themselves unto our enemies and get them up out of our land for the hearts for their hearts and faces are toward the land of canaan and he set over them taskmasters to afflict them with slavery and they built strong cities for pharaoh pithom and ramses and they built all the walls and the fortifications which had fallen in the cities of egypt and they made them serve with rigor and the more they dealt Evilly with them, the more they increased and multiplied. And the people of Egypt abominated the children of Israel. And then all of chapter 47. <clears throat> and in the seventh week, in the seventh year, and the 47th Jubilee, your father went out from the land of Canaan. And you were born in the fourth week, in the sixth year thereof, in the 48th Jubilee. This was the time of tribulation on the children of Israel. And Pharaoh, king of Egypt, issued a command regarding them that they should cast all their male children which were born into the river. And they cast them in for seven months until the day that you were born. And your mother hid you for three months. And they told regarding her. And she made an ark for you and covered it with pitch and asphalt and placed it in the figs or flags on the bank of the river. And she placed you in it seven days. And your mother came by night and suckled you. And by day, Miriam, your sister, guarded you from the birds. And in those days, Tharmath, the daughter of Pharaoh, came to bathe in the river. And she heard your voice crying. And she told her maidens to bring you out. And they brought you unto her. And she took you out of the ark. And she had compassion on you. And your sister said unto her, Shall I go and call unto you one of the Hebrew women to nurse and suckle this babe for you? And she said unto her, Go. And then she went and called your mother, Jochebed, and she gave her wages, and she nursed you. And afterwards, when you were grown up, they brought you unto the daughter of Pharaoh, and you did become her son. And Amram, your father, taught you writing. And after you had completed three weeks, they brought you into the royal court. And you were three weeks of years at court until the time when you did go out from the royal court and did see an Egyptian smiting your friend who was of the children of Israel. And you did slay him and hide him in the sand. And on the second day, you did find two of the children of Israel striving together. And you did say to him who was doing the wrong, Why do you smite your brother? And he was angry and indignant and said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Think you to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And you did fear and flee on account of these words. Kind of just a retelling of the situation there.
Isaiah 30, 1 through 22. <clears throat> Woe to the stubborn children, declares Yahuwah, to make counsel, but not for me, and to devise plans, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin, who are setting out to go down to Mitzrayim, and have not asked my mouth to be strengthened in the strength of Pharaoh, and to seek refuge in the shadow of Mitzrayim. And the strength of Pharaoh shall become your shame, and the refuge in the shadow of Mitzrayim your confusion. For his princes were at Soan, and his messengers came to Hanes. And they were all ashamed of a people who do not profit them, not for help or profit, but a shame and also a reproach. And the message concerning the beasts of the south, through a land of trouble and distress, from which came the lioness and lion, the adder and fiery flying serpent. They convey, they convey their riches on their backs of young donkeys and their treasures on the humps of camels to an unprofitable people, even Mitzrayim, who, whose help is vain and empty. Therefore I have called her Rahab Ham Shebeth. And go, write it before them on a tablet, and inscribe it on a scroll, that it is for a latter day, a witness forever. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children who refuse to hear the Torah of Yahuwah, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy, to us what is right. Speak to us what is smooth, prophesy deceits, turn aside from the way, swerve from the path. Cause the set-apart one of Israel to cease from before us. Therefore, thus said the set-apart one of Israel, Because you despise this word, and trust in oppression, and perverseness, and rely on them, therefore this crookedness is to you like a breach ready to fall, a bulge in a high wall, whose breaking comes suddenly, swiftly. And he shall break it like the breaking of the potter's vessel, which is broken in pieces without sparing so that there is not found among its fragments a sherd to take fire from the, from the hearth or to take water from the cistern. For thus said the master Yahuwah, to set apart one of Israel, in returning and rest you are saved, and stillness and trust is your strength, but you would not. And you said, no, for we flee upon horses, therefore you flee, and we ride on swift horses, therefore those who pursue you are swift. One thousand flee at the rebuke of one. At the rebuke of five, you shall flee until, until you are left as a pole on top of a mountain and as a sign on a hill. And therefore, Yahweh shall wait to show you favor. And therefore, he shall be exalted to have compassion on you. For Yahweh is an Elohim of right ruling. Blessed are all those who wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He shall show much favor to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears, he shall answer you. Though Yahweh gave you bread of adversity and water of affliction, your teacher shall no longer be thrust in a corner, but your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Wherever you turn, whenever you turn to the right or whenever you turn to the left. That sounds an awful lot like what's going on today, man.
an awful lot. It says a witness forever there in verse 8. Write it before them on a tablet and inscribe it on a scroll that it is for a witness for a latter day, a witness forever. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, children who refuse to hear the word, the Torah of Yahuwah. We tell them to turn aside from the way word from the path because as I've said before there's only one religion in the Bible and it's called the way So I'll read First uh, Kings fourteen verses twenty one through thirty one. And then we'll get to the Brit Hadashah. <clears throat> and it says, Meanwhile, Rehabam, son of Shalomo, reigned in Judah. Rehabam was 41 years old when he became sovereign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which Yahweh had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Naamah, the Ammonites. And Judah did evil in the eyes of Yahuwah. And they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed, more than all that their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places and pillars and asherim on every high hill and under every green tree. And there they also, there, and there were also cult prostitutes in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations, which Yahweh dispossessed them before the children of Israel. They weren't paying attention to Deuteronomy 12. And it came to be in the fifth year of sovereign Rehabam that Shishak, sovereign of Mitzrayim, came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of Yahuwah and the treasures, treasures of the sovereign's house. He even took away all. And he took away all the shields of gold which Shalomo, that's Solomon, had made. And sovereign Rehabam made shields of bronze to replace them and entrusted them into the hands of the chiefs of the guard, who guarded the entrance of the sovereign's house. And it came to be, whenever the sovereign went into the house of Yahuwah, the guards would bring them, then take them back into the guardroom. And the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the sovereigns of Judah? That's the Chronicles, by the way. And there was fighting between Rehoboam and Jerob Jeroboam all the days. 
So Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried in his fathers with his fathers in the city of David. And the name of his mother was Naamah the Ammonites, and Abiyam his son reigned in his place. Now we go to Matthew. Do, 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 do. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. <clears throat> and it says, And Yeshua, having been born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herodes, the sovereign, see, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born sovereign of the Yehudim, the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to do reverence to him. And Herodes, the sovereign, having heard, was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And having gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judah. For thus it has been written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, you are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people. That's Micah 5, 2. Then Herodes, having called the Magi secretly, learned exactly from them what time the star appeared. And having sent them to Bethlehem, he said, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me, so that I might go and do reverence to him. For I too might go and do reverence to him. And having heard the sovereign, they went and see the star which they had seen in the east went before them, until it came and stood over where the child was. And seeing the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And coming into the house, they saw the child with Miriam, his father, his mother, <laughs> and fell down and did reverence to him. And opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream that they should not return to Herodes, they departed for their own country by another way. There wasn't three wise men, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Two more passages. All right, Matthew thirteen thirty-eight through forty-two, and it says, <clears throat> "I'll start in thirty-seven, or I'll start in thirty-six. <laughs> then, having sent the crowds away, Yeshua went into the house, and his taught ones came to him, saying, "Explain to us the parable of the darnel of the field." And he answering them said to him, or said to them. He who is sowing the good seed is the son of Adam, and the field is the world, and the good seed, these are the sons of the rain, 
but the Darnell are the sons of the wicked one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the messengers. As the Darnell, then, is gathered and burned in the fire, so it shall be at the end of this age. The son of Adam shall send out his messengers, and they shall gather out of his reign all the stumbling blocks and those doing lawlessness, and shall throw them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And we jump to the very end of the book. Revelations 18. Revelation 18. 4 through 8. <clears throat> and it says, And I heard another voice from the heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, unless you receive of her plagues. Because her sins have piled up to, the, to reach the heaven, and Elohim has remembered her unrighteousness unrighteousnesses render to her as she indeed did render and repay her double according to her works and the cup which she has mixed mix for her double as much as she esteemed herself and lived riotously and much torture and grief give to her because in her heart she says i sit as a sovereigness and i am not a widow and i do not see mourning at all because of this her plague shall come in one day death and mourning and scarcity of food and she shall be burned up with fire because Yahweh Elohim who judges her is mighty that's the end of the portion